life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. As you do, we read the news about anything car-related that mm-hmm. comes across our yeah. desk, yeah, yeah. our laptops, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And uh, just recently saw an article about Chris Harris and Eddie Jordan escaping from the new A110, the Alpine 110. The Alpine A110, yeah. Uh, I want to drive that car. Just uh, Not the one that was apparently burning up with them inside, but I want to drive that car. Yeah, I want to drive that car. And I just got concerned there thinking, all right, maybe it's just pre-production mm-hmm. something, maybe... It was just that car. Something went probably wrong with just probably. that car. But I'm going. I hope they don't have problems for the future because we we genuinely hope that car will sell. I think it'll be a great car. Just reading I'm the specs and looking at the car, looking at the architecture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm thinking. Oh yeah, yeah. I hope they are not prone to. Any of that. I hope it's yeah. just pre-production jitters and we're still working the bugs out and Well, and the, art- stuff, the article so. stated that essentially what Alpine has done as a result, they're, they're kind of rooting out the core of the problem and they are stopping all press drives of all pre-production vehicles, which comes back to the reality of the fact that, you know, we've talked about pre-production cars before. Yeah. When you're, when you're yeah. long lead press like this, uh, and meaning those are the folks that, you know, they get the exclusive sc- scoops up front or the mm-hmm. Top Gears or the Grand Tours, whatever. You're driving a car that is essentially one of the shakedown cars. And sometimes those go awry. And the other thing is when those cars are done, they cube them. Yeah. They're destroyed. $15 worth of scrap metal. Yep. That's what they do. It, yeah. This one just destroyed itself. It, it knew what it, it committed suicide. <laughs> it knew what its fate was coming. Somebody whispered in its ear, you're going to be cubed. And so it set itself on fire. Car designers are always looking at the cars that are in the studio because competitors, you know, car companies buy competitors' cars and strip them down and look at everything. And then designers think, oh, well, they just put it all back together. It should be fine. And I could buy a whatever that is, an Audi A6 or a, you know, whatever for cheap. (laughs) It just doesn't work that way for insurance purposes. Once they start to take a car apart, it will go to the trash, Mm. unfortunately. Yeah. And yeah. it's just the cost of doing business. So, Yikes. yeah, it kind of makes you cry when you see all those cars in the studio that will eventually hit the garbage dump. Yes, stuff will get recycled that it can, but, sure. you know, they're careful sure. to do that, of course. But yeah. it uh, kind of makes you cry anyway. So, yeah, we're, we're glad they're okay. But uh, the photo that I saw was kind of chilling. I mean, it was just... Yeah, agreed. agreed. It, was, it was not like, oops, we had a fire. This was car engulfed in flames. Yeah, no kidding. Well, guys, welcome back to the podcast. We are really, really happy you're with us. Yeah, for sure. If this is your first podcast, we do have a back catalog, which many of you have found and <laughs> are kind noticed? of going back through. Yeah. What's funny is there have been people wondering about various cars that mm-hmm. we've actually already covered ad nauseum, mm-hmm. Volkswagen Phaeton. Being a prime example. That's a good example, yes. It's kind of been funny yes, to ST, see questions yeah. come through. Hey, have you guys talked about this? And now with the back catalog, all we have to do is say, hey, uh-huh. just go back a few episodes and you'll find it. So it's kind of fun. Well, and the common question we get that we relate to the back catalog is uh, how did this all start? How did you and I yeah, meet? How true. did the show start? All of that. If you are ever wondering that, that is episode number 52. That was after we did the podcast <laughs> for a year. We'd done the podcast once a week for a year, and we decided, huh, maybe this is a thing. We should actually kind of tell the backstory. So podcast number 52, and then sometime in the second year or so, we started doing two a week. So welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, guys, it is your rating and reviewing and mm-hmm. sharing the podcast mm-hmm. and telling people about it that has has made it grown. Todd and I are seeing 
explosive growth in the analytics on our end, and we're amazed and we're very thankful. And that's you guys. It's everything about you guys, for sure. Yeah, thank you so much. As a matter of fact, it's uh, growing so much that our car debate includes Jed all the way from Okinawa, Japan. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. in the military, and I'm sure all his compatriots are listening now that uh, you know we've called him out. Because Probably. we're going to do your car debate, Jed. Thank you so yep. much for writing. This is the game plan for two vehicles for he and his wife when they get back to the States mm-hmm. after his tour of duty there. Coming back stateside this year. That's going to be fun. Looking, and he's looking from afar because he can't obviously walk down to the dealer and do the <laughs> test drives we keep recommending. It's a little bit of a difficult commute. Put a K car in your suitcase? Yeah, that, no. Let's not do that. All right. So it'll be come back here and try to have a, a game plan put together. We have that one coming up. We also have uh, Jennifer who's writing. And Jennifer is an interesting follow-up yeah. because we had yeah. Colin a while in who was he was hiking the Appalachian Trail and listening to the podcast. <laughs> and, and I said it then and I'm going to say it again. You're listening to us talk about cars, commuting, <laughs> cities, et cetera, when you're nowhere near any of that. There's a part of it's me that just disease. thinks, let's unplug. It's the disease. You can't stop thinking about it. I you're guess. hiking through the forest thinking about what? Cars. Well, you know, you, right. you bring that up, and it actually reminds me of one of the times I did a big backcountry trip, three or four days through the Sierras. Yeah. And it was fantastic, and I was all alone. I didn't even have an iPod with me. It was total. By the way, when you do that completely, you realize the stuff buried in the back of your brain because it all just, your brain just starts throwing up stuff Creek. that you didn't know. What's back here? Your brain just starts like going, let's get rid of this. And there's lyrics of songs I shouldn't know. Todd has this ability to come up with lyrics. I mean, rap songs, Beastie Boys. I mean, stuff that I went. You've got to be kidding me. You know the lyrics to that? But, but, I mean, we're not talking like but get Rob me, Bass. I can but get me, down, but. But get me three days in the back country and my brain is going, do you remember that you have this in the back of your brain? No, it's, it's horrifying. Amazing. But while doing that, I did kept thinking about the fact that when I get done with this hike, I get to drive that Onion Valley Road in my 300ZX. Oh, yes, yes. I did. That was always in the back of my mind. It's like, when I am done, there is a, there is a, a victory, victory lap coming. So I take Colin's point. But, but Colin's friend Jennifer has written in and asked some questions on her behalf for a car debate. So we wanted to cover that one. She's writing to us from Boston. That one's coming up as well. And guess what? Oh, we have questions. Yeah, this is so great. So what we do, guys, is we ask for questions on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And this is stuff that's on your mind. If you've got your own car debate, write to us at EverydayDriverTV at Gmail. Or if there's just stuff on your mind, hey, guys, I have a funny anecdote or, a, mm-hmm. hey, a car, car for Paul, a car for Todd, or, you know, you guys are doing that. It's, the emails it's are hilarious. Awesome. They're great. They're, we wish we really could good. respond to everything, but just know we're, we're laughing along with you on this for sure. too. For sure. Because we do see everything. But those are just kind of fun questions. And then, uh, you know, the car debates are uh, more of a longer email, but not too long. Two-scroll rule. You know, paragraphs, concise, fun paragraphs story. are appreciated. But but by the way, in case you didn't know, this is the last of the business pieces for right now. We do television. I don't know if you heard. We're on Velocity. <laughs> yeah, I, we that's do. all I've been thinking about for months. But actually, as of today, I am delivered for season two. And thank you and congratulations. It's very, very cool. So episode seven this is shipping. Cool. And, uh, and that's going to be awesome. That one is the California Adventure episode. And here's a side note. I wasn't sure how this was going to play out. Okay. But any of you that are listening that joined us on our meetup in California... Oh, yeah, right. We actually shot some footage when we did everybody's trip down the PCH. Fifteen cars joined us on the PCH. It was awesome. That's cool. And it just worked out very organic. I wondered about this, but it worked out very organically. There's a shot of that whole group, all of those cars, in the final piece for television, which so is really cool. you can really find yourself. Cool. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun. And no, so you can't see your well. house from there. Sorry. No, you can't. Yeah. All right. So on to the debates with Jed. Like I said, in Okinawa, Japan, he is stationed there with the military and planning to go stateside in the next nine months, so nine months from now, you do have a bit of time to consider the options that we mm-hmm. have for you, but we've got to at least get you thinking. For sure. For it's going to be yeah. fun. All right, so he and his wife will need new cars when they get back, when they move back, 
And of course, as Todd said, going down to the dealership and looking at his options are not really realistic at this mm-hmm. point. That there's just no point. I mean, I'm sure there's a few models that translate, but we'll be honest, not that many. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so he's got a seven and a two-year-old, so the kids need to be carted around in mm-hmm. it. So therefore, he's looking at hot hatches, which we get because he's looking at three, at least three different places in the states where they might move to. Yep. SoCal, the Carolinas, or maybe a slight chance of Virginia. They just don't know yet. So time to think. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering, well, the choices might change depending on where you go, but we'll say generally not because winter tires... So, true. Well, but he also said there's an outside chance of Minnesota where he's really scared of the weather. That's true. So he's he's thinking, okay, I have to figure out uh, all. He he'd kind of like to go all wheel drive, manual transmission, hatch, which focuses us really quickly to have all of that. It does. It does. All right. So he's got the kids. Wants some something practical, car seats, maybe some football pads, and uh, certainly. Practice, Boy Scouts, you know. This is the description tracking. of a hot hatch. This is the description of it a hot really hatch's is. purpose. Absolutely. And then his wife has criteria of a hybrid. And Jed says, I've looked at the Ford C-Max and the Fusion and the Civic and the Accord and a Prius, which she doesn't like the idea of. Mm-hmm. I will say, Jed, that nobody likes the idea of a Prius. I don't <laughs> like the idea of a Prius. Just they, yeah. they exist to get good gas mileage, and that they do well. They exist to anger me. I know, I know, and I know. That's your takeaway. But they, they there's exist. one in my neighborhood, the brand new Prime in bright red, and it just <laughs> I just want to shout when they drive by. Anyway. Well, you know, my my, my yeah. wife obviously she tolerates the fact that I have the disease, and she tolerates the fact that uh, two nights a week I'm here doing this podcast with you. Yes, uh, but she does not listen to the podcast because she lives with me, so she is she is living <laughs> through a podcast. Uh, so she she has to get it's away. Not when like she you gets go chance. home and honey, did you hear what I just said? No, 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 she doesn't do that. So what's funny is she hasn't heard our rants on the current gen Prius, <laughs> and I haven't talked to her about it. So. The, uh, in the past week, I didn't even tell you this. In the past week. Prius pillow talk? She, no, no, no. She came no. home and she said, oh, hey, by the way, what what happened to the Prius? <laughs> Just out of the blue, she says this to me. Did and I she said, really? I said, what are you talking about? She goes, I saw one today. I guess it was a new one. That car is terrible. And I said, isn't it? But, but I didn't, I, there was no prompting for me. She just happened to see one and be like, what happened there? Anyway, so we're going to keep you out of a Prius uh, at your request and the request of your wife. Uh, the hot hatch thing. But here's where this gets a little difficult and also interesting. Okay. $40,000 total for both cars. Yeah, and he says we'd rather be closer to 35 k I mean, Jed, yep. what are you doing to me here? <laughs> it's supposed to go the other it's way. the wrong direction. Not yeah. down. Anyway, all right. So, again, they don't know what part of the country they're looking at, but he has suggested things for himself, like the Ford Focus RS, a Golf mm-hmm. R. You mentioned the Mercedes A45, which I think you mean the GLA45, although there is news of Mercedes bringing the A-Class to mm-hmm. the U.S. for the next generation. Currently, it's only available in Europe. We yeah. love that car every time we see the one. The cool A45 AMG that's coming. awesome doesn't exist here the one that we could get you into used and cheap. But the GLA AMG 45 is an almost, but the problem is your whole budget would have to go to that car. You can't get <laughs> Honey, that. Honey, I got a GLA AMG 45. I don't know what you're going to drive, but I got a cool car. <laughs> We're going to get you the Turo app. I'm going to drive the Mercedes. <laughs> exactly. Terrible. Here's a subscription for a year to Uber. No, that that would be terrible. Not, not so good for the relationship. Anyway, um, 
If you want relationship advice, this is also not the podcast to get that song. <laughs> oh, oh, we can share that with you. We just don't know if it's really recommended you follow it. Uh, so yeah, forty thousand dollars for both vehicles, um, and and these are the criteria that we're dealing with. For for his wife, I think I have an answer. Oh, you do for the hybrid. Okay, all right. Uh, I see all of your recommendations, and you should probably drive all of them: the C Max, the Fusion, the Civic Hybrid, the Accord Hybrid, Hybrid Drive, all four of those, and see if one of them resonates with her. But I'm going to throw a curveball that also helps us with your budget. Okay, get a first gen Volt. That's my car too. Seriously, seventeen k. Oh, cheaper. Get a che- Volt. You, you can find them cheaper than that. So that means we have more budget for Jed. If, if I mean, we get, honestly, uh, you can get those cars ten to twelve don't grand. Tell her that, Jed. You can get those cars ten to twelve grand, and, and I see one in that in that nice red. I see one every morning on the school run. And, and keep in mind, right now, this is like, well, this is as much winter as we're getting this year, apparently. But this whole winter, I've been seeing this Volt, and this mom drives awesome. it, does a school run in it, and it just runs. And I've known plenty of people that have had them, and everybody I know that's had them has liked them. Mm-hmm. I have known a few. Look. Full disclosure, I've known a few people that have had them, and they've been problematic, but not like everybody I know has. I've known a couple people that are like, okay. yeah, it's just, well, it's had bugs. So with every car, but, every but car has problems. for $10,000, and I, I don't know what kind of commute your wife's going to have and what, you know, all that kind of thing, but a lot of the people that I knew that had them, they maybe at the end of their day of stuff to do, the gasoline motor started burning gas. Because okay. it gets about 20 okay. miles on the... On the battery, but the thing is, you never have to worry about uh, charging it up anywhere or charge times because it does have that onboard generator. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's a real consideration here. Look at the traditional hybrids that you're talking about here. Definitely do that. But while you're at it, shop the first gen Volt because I think that could really get it done. No, Jed, the reason we like that car so much is because it was designed from the outset as a hybrid, as, you know, is what it is. Mm-hmm. This is the car and the market that we're going after, where there are loads of hybrids, the Camry, the Optima, the sure. Accord, the Fusion, on and on and on, which to me all seem like the afterthought marketing exercise where we should have something to offer, so what car should we take and hybridize and turn it into our thing? Hybridize, and... now now alongside with Lexify. Yes. You can gonna... both Lexify and hybridize. Can you point a lightsaber at something and hybridize it? I'm frightened now. Yeah, I, but... I still think Wolverine with lightsabers is the next uh-huh. movie. Yeah, Saberine. Can you imagine? Wolverine with lightsabers. Saberine. I got it. I'm with you. How it's still horrifying. Cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, hey, I can't let it go. Disney's going to do enough in their Star Wars universe that they may get <laughs> desperate because they also own Marvel. So they may get desperate and do crossovers and then it's I have the idea. Wolverine in space giving and you now gold. we're Can all I get horrified. a royalty check off of that somehow? That's, I, I just want to hide. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we like that car because, again, it's designed from the outset as to be the hybrid, and it drives like a real car. Whereas the others mm-hmm. that I named are certainly that. For but sure, yeah. They weren't a hybrid or they weren't. Uh, Interesting take. I you see know, your point. Th- that thinking from the very beginning. I feel like we're going to see a lot more of that in the coming years from every manufacturer, but of mm-hmm. course. There's electric cars that are going to dominate, and everybody's taking you know the the range further and further. So sure. I, I think, yeah, we'll see some hybrids, but then uh, you know electric cars from every manufacturer. I can't wait for the Mission e, or the Etron, Etron, no Mission E from uh, from Porsche. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I just I'm shocked that you're interested in that car. Gonna dance around the yeah. campfire at that mm-hmm. one. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I like that, um, but you got to go drive one, mm-hmm. guys, and. Uh, let us know what you think. I mean, we feel like that's the real car. But, Jed, moving on to you, I've got a laundry list of cars that I think could work for you. Okay. 
actually we could even push the budget because if we're going for like a twelve <laughs> to fifteen thousand dollar volt, yes, yay, we found some money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at that. So I'm uh, I'm liking your GTI. I'm backing that 2015 GTI for 20k. Okay. We've got uh, the Honda Civic Si, and as a matter of fact, over on Twitter, there is um, looking for our friend who's on. He's uh, David P. He's always asking about Civic Si's. Mm-hmm. David, this is for you because he owns a 2010 8th generation Si, and he says I think it's great. I mean, for your budget, Jed, you could get an even better one, newer one. We like that car. Sure, sure. I'm thinking SI. I even found a 2017 Honda Civic Hatchback Sport with the manual. Really? I had the opportunity to, to ride in a, it's not really a parade lap, but it was kind of a hot lap on behalf of Honda and their IndyCar sponsorship mm-hmm. at Sonoma Raceway. Mm-hmm. And the pro driver with me, I, I was kind of impressed. I was a little worried that I was going to be massively disappointed, but... You know, pro driver with Honda Civic Sport manual. It was quite good, actually. So mm. from a track perspective, that could work. Interesting. That's I mean, why I'm justifying that okay. for the track. We're, we're not obviously an all-wheel drive here, but it, it is an interesting car. And back to David's question. The reason the SI doesn't get recommended as much, it falls in that same category of a lot of cars. We get those emails now and then. It's like, why don't you recommend insert car here? And in most cases, what happens is there are other cars in that same exact category that we consistently like more. Mm-hmm. And it's not they, the and car. And you'll hear those themes from us. Exactly. Certainly. And the car you're talking about is the B-plus car, and there's a car in that category that's an A student. Yeah. And so is it the, the fact that the B-plus isn't impressive? No, it's very impressive. It's just but if you know same the person money, over here, with that's the problem. Hello. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, okay, I see where you're going. All right. Jed, two more thoughts for you. They're both BMWs, but they're both higher mileage. And so this is okay. now, right. it's, I'm putting it back on you as far as your appetite for maintenance and a higher mileage BMW. Now, I'm not hmm. talking super high, but they're both above 60,000 miles. I found you a 2011 BMW 550i with 68,000 miles really? for 19.5. Ooh. Ooh. Manual transmission. Ooh, okay. Kind of right. interesting. It just yeah. it changed my thinking. And then, of course, I had to run to a 2013 BMW 135i Coupe, dark blue, 67,000 miles for 19.5. You can find that at Village Volkswagen in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Sure, Hi, Village Volkswagen. I guess they have one on their lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good to know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about those two cars because... I mean, you're you're stepping up in terms of driving feel, sure, definitely. But sure. the price right. is the same. But now, okay, they're slightly older BMWs. The yeah. They're going to need some love. You can't go beat on it like you can the Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it just kind of depends on where you are. But you could go get that driving feel from BMW in the same price range. I mean, heck, I bet you we could find a $25,000 135i. And, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. You know. Absolutely. Because I'm expecting that 25 of this is probably going to his car. I, I think that's where we're, where we're at, 25 yeah. grand or so. But uh, that would do so, track stuff. You could throw mm-hmm. football pads and yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy Scout patches and, you know, those would all fit. But Boy Scout patches, will the patches will fit in my Lotus. That's it's true. just nothing else will fit. <laughs> yeah, the Boy Scout won't even. Actually, just the patches, not <laughs> the, the Boy Scout. Scout. Himself yeah, the not, Scout but... will stand on the curb and the patches <laughs> will go with me. Anyway, uh, so yeah. Uh, so we did the Chevy Volt for your wife. That's, a, that's the oddball recommendation along the lines of the ones you already want to drive. Uh, I tried to stay entirely hatch. Hatch and, and Henley? 
<laughs> Hatchy and Handley, yes. Good. It's almost the entire law firm came. <laughs> uh, but then I also – Exactly. But I also uh, tried to stay all-wheel drive. I like your Golf R idea a lot. I think – look, the Focus RS we really like. First off, I don't think you're going to find one for your budget. I don't think they're going to be out there used yet. Yeah, I don't think so either. At 25, 30-ish. I don't think they're going to be out there. I don't suspect. So I think it's out. But I also think – Look, I really like – look at the things that I own and drive. I really like a stiff suspension car. I don't mm-hmm. mind it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And even in spite of that, the hardcore setting on the Focus RS is flat out too much for me hmm. unless you were on a track. It's just – watch our review of it. That car throws you around in the, in the hard suspension it does setting. does beat you up. The standard suspension setting is still really hard. Yeah. I don't mind the standard setting. But I actually wonder for a daily car, a commute car, a family-ish car, I think it's too hardcore. Hatchy, Handley, and family-ish? Okay. There yes. it is. Stop, stop, stop. Uh, so anyway, so, so I think the Focus RS, besides the fact that I don't think that they're down enough in price, I think the Golf R wins for you. Now, my question is, I know you could get last gen for your money all day long. Can you find a current gen, like the first year of the current gen, Golf R, for your money? Mm. I think you might be able to. It's going to depend what, on— 25, you're thinking? Uh, 25, 30. Somewhere yeah. in there. Somewhere in there. So if you do, it's going to have higher mileage on it. It'll be interesting to see what you find. I, I want you to get back to the states and then shop and see what's out there, because yeah, you will you will be at that point to another calendar year of cars. So I think it's possible. So well, I, I really like the Golf R a lot. That brings up the A class, that Mercedes A class, nine months from now. That might be on sale. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be cheap enough to have but a good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, probably. So not there's that, that. That then I have two, a uh, couple of others. You could, for your money, let's just say we're dealing with twenty five grand. get a last-gen Subaru STI hatch. You could. You could find somebody that's had one of those and loved it. Full STI? Care of it. Full like STI. Why not? 10? Yeah. Somewhere the last-gen. Yeah. The last-gen where they made the, the hatch. Buy yep. one of those. Yep. Find one that's been well-loved and just buy it, love it, run it. It's an STI. It's a it's a hatchback. Beat on it. You can do you can do the commute thing. Throw the kids in the back. They've got decent back seats. A nice size hatch. You can do all of that. You can track it. You can run it in the snow. What do you care? It's an STI. Shop that. You could shop below it, obviously, and go WRX. But I think you really could for your money get an STI. So that's got to be out okay. there. All right. Two wild cards because they feel like variations of where I've already been. One Audi A3 hatch. Good. You want to go a little nicer like that. There's a lot of them out there, and they don't seem to hang on to their value. You just keep going backwards in years until you find one that's the right category. Now, those are only going to be auto, but okay. For your commute usage, why, that's going to be great. You know, So all-wheel drive, similar space to the, the Golf. I think the Golf does the space a little better just because of headroom and stuff, but mm-hmm, very sure. similar. You know, We've got our, our friend Nate. That's what he daily drives. So that's true. Audi that's A3 true. hatch, I think that's a, a can- candidate. And then a serious wild card. I brought this car up a couple of times before, but I'm just going to bring it up here now. Okay. You'll have money left over. Mitsubishi Rally Art Hatch Sportback. Oh, yeah. Keep forgetting about this it's, car. It's essentially the Mitsubishi Evo WRX equivalent. It's not the full Evo flavor. <laughs> it's the WRX equivalent. It's the 240 horsepower, you know, only, by the way, only comes in their dual clutch. Does not come in manual. But it has a hatch. But for a nice one, you're going to be hunting for that car. You are going to be hunting. You're going to be looking nationwide. But, but here's the thing. If you find a nice one, it's probably going to be seventeen, eighteen grand. And if you decide it's not enough for you, guess what? Those are tunable. They are tunable. 
So yeah. I, that's my wild card is that rally art. But I'm just thinking I think that checks all the boxes. I hate to skip over it. So that's my weird list for you, Jed. I was looking through uh, various choices for Jed here, and I came across, I think it was a 12, 2012 full Evo 10 GSR mm-hmm. for 15 or something like that, but it had 109,000 miles on it. It looked Ooh. really well kept, okay. like somebody just commuted around in it. Yeah. They didn't track it. They didn't yeah. do anything. It was white, 109,000 miles, and I thought, hmm. all right. Somebody's going to buy that and for sure throw a giant turbo and all a bunch of parts on it because nobody has yet. <laughs> yeah, that, no, but, that hasn't been done yet. It's it's on its way. You know, yeah. I've always just kind of been wondering about long term reliability on those cars because they're so high powered, high strung. Mm-hmm. All those mechanicals are so stressed out. Here's one with 109 thousand that just probably saw a lot of highways. And yeah. That's it. So okay, there there it Interesting. is. Yeah, it's fine, but okay. All right. Anyway, it was really uh, intriguing to me. Jed, thank you so much for writing in. Hope you're enjoying yourself over there. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you anytime. Uh, yeah. Home stretch to being back in the state. So that's That'd very great. cool. We hope you have a great shopping experience. And let us know uh, where you wind up on that for sure. Guys, as I said before, if you've got your own debate, Everyday Driver TV at Gmail. And on the website, you can reach us there. We are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. Hi, I'm Daniel Rue, host of Real GM Radio, where every week I go in-depth on NBA basketball through conversations with some of the brightest basketball minds out there, including Kevin Pelton, Nate Duncan, Chris Herring, Tim Bontemps, and team experts from all around the league. We try to separate the truth from the noise for players, teams, and NBA draft prospects alike with a focus on the basketball itself. If you want to know what is coming next in the NBA and why, there is no better place to turn than the weekly episodes of Real GM Radio. You can find us exclusively at podcastonesports.com, the new Podcast One app, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Let's talk about your bucket list for a minute. That's right, your bucket list. You know what should be on it? A trip to one of the greatest spectacles in all of motorsports, the Indy 500. This is not just any trip, but the ultimate Indy 500 fan experience. That's exactly what Amsoil, maker of some of the best synthetic motor oils on the planet, is giving away this spring. One grand prize winner will win the trip of a lifetime to the Indy 500 to watch some of the fastest cars and best drivers battle to have their names etched alongside the greats like Foyt, Andretti, Unser, and Castro Nevis. But that's not all. Listen to what else awaits the grand prize winner. There's pit access, dinner with an Indy 500 legend, VIP track access. That's one of those badges that gets you in anywhere. Sweet access to watch the race, $1,000 cash for incidental travel and event-related expenses. You just get to, you get to charge it. It's going to be great. Round-trip airfare for two of you. To the Indy Race, hotel accommodations for two with five nights at a hotel near the Motor Speedway. Even ground transportation to and from the airport, the hotel, and the Speedway, plus chances to meet the drivers themselves. Just like they do when they make high-performance synthetic motor oils, Amsoil went the extra mile with this sweepstakes. If that's not enough, there's also 10 first-place winners, and they'll all receive one free digital download code for Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game. To enter the Amsoil Ultimate Indy 500 Fan Experience, text Indy, I-N-D-Y, to 41487. That's Indy to 41487, or visit amsoil.com slash Indy. 
Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Hey, we're back with Jennifer's debate. As we said before, she has uh, heard about us from Appalachian Trail Collins, so <laughs> that is now Colin, That's your now official yeah. nickname. Uh, He's she, almost just A.T. Colin. A.T. Colin. He's just A.T. Colin. There we yeah, go. There we go. Uh, hiker Colin. All right, so she is 25. She is living up in Boston and currently driving a 2009 Volkswagen Jetta Mm -hmm. manual transmission. Mm -hmm. She makes a point to make that. Yeah, she does. By the way, manual, (laughs) and it's awesome. She absolutely loves it, but it's apparently time to start thinking about a new car. Now, get this. Her ideal next car would be a small SUV, so Mm -hmm. CUV, manual if possible. Interesting. Yeah. With a sporty drive feel in air quotes. And she likes Tiguan. She like Mer- likes the Mercedes Mini SUVs, those CUVs. But she would like to stay from the luxury drive. I mean, the Germans she's, and the she's, you know CUVs she's conflicted hand here. Hand. She wants she wants the German cars, but she's worried about owning the German car. I, I, you haven't said how your jet has been for you, reliability wise. But she's worried yeah. about buying essentially the Tiguan or the Mercedes. She's worried about reliability. But yeah. she want, but that's she wants yeah. the German feel, which is really interesting. The, the mix there. This is really interesting because, to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, everyone, but the only manual SUVs or CUVs that I know of, it's either a Jeep Wrangler or early Cayennes. To my knowledge. There are a few. I found a few. You did? I did find a few. Okay. There's not With many. manuals. There's not many. I was going to say. the problem is. It's Jeep Wranglerville or nothing, the, right? The, the problem is, well, but, but I think the reason that you're having a little bit of a struggle is because you're thinking closer to full size. You go Possibly. the mini boys, the little five-seat mini boys, like the size of the Tiguan. And there's a few, but there's not many. But the problem is, look, I'll, I'll, I'll play one of them right now. Okay. The Mazda CX-5 that we love was offered for a time in manual. Okay, so they don't offer it anymore. But here's that's the other why problem. I, that's why I didn't uh, think of that. Here's the other problem: they only offered it with the base engine at 155 horsepower. That was my next thought. They which, only offer that with that's, the base. That's the problem with a lot of the manuals. Is yeah. that and I have I have actually a almost a sniper shot on this. I want to talk about some others in the market, but I have a sniper shot on this. Funny, the, I do too. Interesting, but the uh, the interesting thing, unfortunately, is that manuals in this market segment are most of the time it, the manual is with. Probably the setup you don't want otherwise, like the CX-5 right. with the base engine. Right. You, you wouldn't want... buy the base yeah. engine, so... That's the problem. Yeah. But anyway, keep going. All right. So Jenny's budget is $27,000. Mm-hmm. All right. So she is looking for recommendations. Uh, yeah, I was thinking Wrangler, but then, you know, in the early Cayennes that we've talked about that are cool, really hard to find, but really mm-hmm. cool... I was thinking Mazda CX-3 or CX-5, but I'd mm-hmm. have to go back because I, I thought, all right, all my choices are going to be automatics. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I thought of the Mazdas. I thought of the GLA that we've talked about. And I've also come across the Acura RDX, mm-hmm. which had the turbo and, you know, but sure, yeah, again, yeah. not German. But then I came across this car, Jenny. Okay. Because you are a German car owner currently. In the Volkswagen Group, I've wondered who this car is for. Uh-oh, you've done that. One pulled up to me at a stoplight 
two days ago. And I looked over and went, huh, that is pretty small and compact. I mean, I've kind of seen them around, haven't paid too much attention. Okay. But here it is. It's the Audi Q3 Quattro. The Q3. Mm, Q3. The small one. The little guy. Now, I was thinking Q5, I like the two-liter turbo engine in that, and it's surprisingly dynamic through corners. Have not driven the Q3, but I'm wondering if it's sort of the Jetta or a GTI, just a little bit inflated. It's got the luxury touches that, I mean, you said you don't want it, but I think you'd really enjoy it, to be honest. She's conflicted about it. I mean, she's got coming out of that Jetta, she's conflicted about, I want a German car, but I want to pay for a German car. I think you'd get in this thing and never turn around. You'd never look back. I found them starting at 28,000, but I know you could talk them. See, I start at 28, that's my thinking, because (laughs) I know you could talk them down to 27.5 or 27.2. I end up going there as well, yeah. You know, something like that. So I, I found A3 or Q3 Quattros all day long. This is the car I think you should go look at, even though it's not a manual transmission. Mm-hmm. So well, you'd have to decide if the transmission and it's probably paddle shift. For sure. If you would like that, if you could go for something like that. But let's keep in mind the fact that she mentioned she's intrigued by Mercedes SUVs and none of those are available in manual. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So none. Th- unfortunately, that's the none. thing that makes this difficult. I have a couple others to talk about, but I do like that one. The Q3. Q3. That's okay. Never right. before recommended right. on the podcast. I've wondered okay. where, what's the sweet spot and slightly used. They're like 28, 27.5, somewhere in there. Got to go look at these. Okay. I, I think it could be your car, Jenny. I, I like that. I like that. I have a few to bring up. I actually just this minute thought about one and I wanted to try to close the gap on it, but. Uh, I, yeah, I'm the con- manual part really throws you. It's where it's where it gets the difficult. CUVs with manuals. I think that would be a cool niche. I mean, Subaru and BMW. You think who makes manual transmissions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Honda. You know, yeah, a few well, others. Well, and you but- can you can get kind of the whole Jeep lineup with a manual. You want to get the base Jeeps, the little Renegade. You can get that in a manual. You want to yeah. get the the Patriot or whatever. You get that in a manual. Do you want those? Those the question. That's why, I mean, my, my I, brain you know. instantly thought Wrangler. Mm-hmm. What besides a Wrangler is a true manual? But I get the sense she, she'd like some luxury, which is why I did not go with the Jeeps. She'd yeah. like some luxury, but we want some fun-to-drive feel. Of course, okay. we are big fans of the CX-5. I have to bring up the Honda HRV, available in a manual, built on the on the Fit chassis. It is. Okay, so that's so manual, that's an option. engine probably. Pretty, pretty sure I... Somebody may correct me, but from what I can find in a quick search, I believe that's available with a manual, the HRV. Okay. Honda makes good manuals. Those are small. And, They're small, but, but it's that's based okay. on the Fit chassis, and the Fit yeah. chassis is one of those like wonders of storage. So yeah. you get your small <laughs> SUV. You get inside, it's like a 63 foot yacht. What happened here? What's in this cubbyhole in this tiny corner? Well, and I feel like there's a designer at Honda that sits there with a random item you might have in your car, like <laughs> a coffee mug, and goes, What's all the place we can put the phone? What's all? Everybody's assigned an item, and they figure out the perfect pocket for their item. And that goes an 80-person team, Seriously. each with a thing. With a thing. Fit this in the car. And it gets a pocket sized for that. It's crazy. So I think the HRV is a real option. I actually think the fit is kind of fun to drive. This is not a dynamic wonder. I'm not suggesting that it no, is. No, but, but in this I mean, class, I think the I think CR, it's genuinely fun to drive. Um, CRV is fun to drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Honda HRV, uh, Mazda CX-5 used... Here's a, here's a twist. Again, I, none of these are my sniper shot. I'm just saying I want to give you kind of the landscape, Jenny, that I that I looked up. Okay. A car in this world I've also never recommended, but we know somebody that owns one, and I know a few of you out there have written in about how much you like yours. BMW X1. X1 comes in a manual? 
does not come in a manual. Okay, because I was overseas, gonna, it comes in a manual. Okay, because overseas, I, it comes I was going to be shocked at that. No, 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 it doesn't come in a manual. Okay, but, all right. but the point being, it's one of those rare has good B and W genes. What I mean is, you can get it with a hydraulic steering rack. A lot of people that have got them, sure. they, they love the feel of that car. It has, if you will, a BMW essence about it while being a small SUV. <laughs> Is that a cologne that I should buy? Yes, BMW essence. Uh. Now for sale, nowhere. Uh, so there's that. But my winner, because I thought you kind of think you want a German car, it, it says to me when you look at the Tiguan and the Mercedes SUV, you also kind of want something that feels a little upscale. Okay. But yet manual transmission, which makes this difficult. Yeah. My winner is the Mini Countryman. Really? You can get a manual transmission of that any engine spec you'd like. I've seen a few of those you around You want to go Big too. Boy? You want to go S? You want to go John Cooper Works? Now, you're probably not at twenty seven grand. But my point is, Countryman, available with a manual. There you go, which is a BMW or, product. Exactly. So you, you're kind of you're kind of German, yeah. and yet you're not German, and it's going to— That's gonna, interesting. I mean, look, that has—and I say this as a mini owner—that has quirky mini styling inside and out. But yeah. the interior—I mean, it's got some nice interior touches about it. It doesn't feel low rent. I mean, these, these cars were expensive new. Yeah. So find yourself a countryman tricked out the way you want because it is available with a manual. I think that's the place to wind up here. It's going to have, I mean, it, it feels exactly like you think it does, meaning it drives like a big Mini, Good, yeah. which is a weird yeah. sentence. <laughs> mini shouldn't make cars that are large, but that's a side note. Uh, my, my son's like, why is that Mini so big? Like, that's the question. I mean, son. that would actually work on a U.S. license plate. Seven letters, big Mini. Big Mini, yeah. That's mm -hmm. your license plate, Jenny. Yeah. The, or XL Mini, just for fun. Yeah, yeah. we can do that. I like so anyway, mini. but I agree that's better. So Mini Countryman, I've never recommended that before, but I think it fits here. I think it would be fun to drive, manual transmission, a little bit of German flavor, done. Mm, good one. All right, uh, Jenny, thanks for writing. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, let us know. Send a photo of your new car when you uh, get a chance. For sure. Go pick up Colin when he comes off the AT. <laughs> pick him up in your mini exactly. countryman and say, surprise. And, and here's, the, here's the interesting part. Because you know, when you do those long trails like that, you keep coming in to weigh stations and picking up you know, new socks and new supplies. <laughs> and I'm sure he comes in far enough to get Wi-Fi and gets more podcasts and go back out. Wouldn't it be hysterical if he hears about the mini countryman while walking the AT and comes off and there she is? You're assuming he's still on the trail I, a year it, later. It's a log hike. It's a log <laughs> hike. I'm just saying. It takes a his while. beard is down to his toes now. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we are on to social media questions here. This is, uh, is going to be good. We've got loads of questions. So I'm starting to scroll here. Uh, actually, William Ray is asking about podcast on Echo uh, from Alexa. The yes. Amazon Echo, and you have one, as a matter of fact. I do now, yes. My, my, my son is fascinated with talking to Alexa, um, and not always successfully, by the way. And he, one of his new tricks, because what we needed is more voices in the house, is, <laughs> to, <talking. laughs> is to see how many weird voices and accents he can speak to Alexa and have her understand him. I like that it reminds you to feed the dog... Or it tells you the it dog's already been fed. It doesn't remind you. It's because sometimes it's I get funny. up really early in the morning or go to bed really late. And so my wife and I are like, who fed the dog last? So there is what, – what Alexa does is what's called skills. Now, one of you recommended something called AnyPod. Yeah. Which is a skill you can download for Alexa. I will be, be honest. I've done it, and I've tried to find Everyday Driver, and she hasn't been able to cue it yet, which is a problem. Okay. I've downloaded another one that was like FYYP Podcasts. And it will feed them as well. It also struggled to find our title. I don't know why, to be honest, because having said that, 
The last time we discussed this, a couple of you wrote in about the fact that you do stand in your kitchen and ask for the podcast, and Alexa gives it to you. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure the difference between one person's asking her through the AnyPod app app, and me asking her and not, and it sounds like a couple others of you have tried it and not. If you have a trick for how to do this, all of this to say, I know it's possible. Many of you have written in, I mean, three or four of you have written in and said you've done it. But a few of you have written in and said you haven't been able to. And I literally just this afternoon, I took five minutes and tried. And my wife said, why are you, por- why are you torturing poor Alexa? Because she can't seem to find the podcast. But it is possible. But apparently you need to hold your mouth right and say the perfect magic words. You know what we need to do? I've just got this brilliant idea. We need to involve Alexa in the car debate somehow. That's frightening. The interactive podcast. Nobody has done this before. Podcasts are recorded, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but what if we could interject and, and Alexa now jumps in there with a car choice and then of course she tells you where to buy it and anyway I don't know yeah that that could be, be careful or she buys the entire car lot yeah have yeah. you have you seen this new phenomenon where you're you know you say something out loud and three days later it shows up on Facebook on your Facebook feed <laughs> I just saw this as an internet meme but it's like, really you're right it happens I said it out loud and my phone heard me and now it's on my Facebook feed what Ads for the product or whatever it is. That's all bad. No. Anyway. We're um, we're being tracked everywhere. It's all happening. What else? Uh, Alex M is on Facebook actually asking, Paul, what is the worst Porsche ever made? And Todd, what is the worst lightweight English car? (laughs) I feel like there are more bad English cars to choose from than Porsche. I I got the easier part of that scenario. I'm going to go with Morgan. (laughs) I'm going to go with Morgan. (laughs) The only car that comes with a Terminix subscription. I just, I, you know, I, res- I respect what they're doing because it is so oddball and unique <laughs> and baked in tradition. But at the same time, guys, you're making a wooden car. A Morgan. I got to stay there. All right. All right. <laughs> I mean, and, and please, don't get me wrong. I'm passing over TVR, which I have an insane love for. Yeah. MG. I'm passing over many, many, many There's like in there. bad English cars Ones from the that, 60s. And- tons that cease to exist. Yeah. The Sunbeam before Carol Shelby got a hold of it. Well, made the Sunbeam Tiger. Tiger had the V8 in it, which that, I but really that was, like. But that was a Carol Shelby, you know yeah, we could do. He, he got That's a hold that of it. madness. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. The beloved E-Type. Now my head is spinning. The beloved E-Type was just, I mean, it was the classic poster child for Lucas Electrics and, you know, Get Home Before Dark. It was the classic car right, for that. Where right. you, put, you put the, I've talked about this before, put the battery behind the front wheel. In the bathtub shape. So when the front wheel hits a large puddle, by the way, England, when the front wheel hits a large puddle and throws water up into the bathtub shape, it lands on the battery and kills the car. Lucas Electrics. I think it's a brilliant design. It's fantastic. Well done, sir. Worst Porsche. I'm going, I'm leaning towards the 924, although I like the, I like the layout. And I only say that by virtue of it being not a true Porsche from the very beginning. It was my understanding that it was originally an Audi. It was to be an Audi first, and then Porsche kind of picked up the project and finished it off. Well, isn't it a Volkswagen engine in there, too? Isn't it a four-cylinder Volkswagen uh, I'd engine? I'd have to I look that up. I think it is, yeah. But, I mean, I like the, I guess, the architecture of the car. Sure, Because that, sure. that is the 924, or the 944, yeah, the 928. Yeah, the baby 944, you know, yeah, that for sure. You know, that kind of, you know, transaxle and front mm-hmm. engine, and I like that architecture. I just don't think it was executed very well, which is why they're kind of lemons cars now, as a matter of fact. They are. But, they, but hey, they were lemons cars that pass us, which well, was actually yeah. true of everybody I because mean, of the car we had. Yeah. The contender would be the Porsche 914, but I suspect that handles brilliantly and is a lot of fun to drive. I think you're probably right. I mean, it, it seems like the obvious one, but I feel like 
now you take one of those and you get surprised by it. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good fast blast. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, we need to. Anyway. Uh, All right. What, what Mark got? Butler wrote in and asked about our license plates. We get these questions now and then. Oh, yes. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, our license plates, our production license plates, always say every day on them. And they look like license plates. They aren't license plates. Paul's joke is if he ever gets arrested for making these license plates, he'll now be in the, in the slammer making real ones. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But, but, but here's the thing. a great joke. One of the things we're trying to do, and, and this has been enacted more in the past calendar year than ever before, is we're trying to have – this is a little behind-the-scenes thing. The license plate you see tells you what state it was shot in. Yeah. So, like, when we went Generally to. Generally speaking, there's a few. Not, not always. But there's a few. Because we've been trying to interact that, yeah. enact that in the last year. So, there's stuff that still doesn't apply. But, for example, when we went to California to shoot uh, our episode in downtown LA, which actually Mark's asking about, those are California license plates. Yeah, true. But when we true. shot the uh, the Mustang versus Camaro, those were Utah license plates that were shot here. Hey, so we, we I, try to do it. We I mean, try. I know people notice, and I like that, but it's just consistent. It brands the yeah. show. We could have a, just a logo piece of paper over the top of it. And that's where or I – nothing. That's how, when I answer Mark's question. Because what you end up seeing a lot is that if people bother, and most people, let's be honest, don't bother. But if they bother, they will just take the license plate off and put a cardboard piece up of their logo. Which well, I think is more noticeable than I, I think replicating a license but, plate. But Mark is asking the question Not that of, I want to go to jail or anything. Yeah, have we ever gotten in trouble for these plates? Uh, Mark, if they're going to pull us over, they're going to pull us over for everything but the license plate. <laughs> exactly. uh, that would be the least of their worries. Massive um, quantities of speed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, arrestable speed and the fact <laughs> that it's got a cardboard license plate on the back is irrelevant. <laughs> exactly. You know. but, but to answer your question, I mean, we are, we are treating it as a picture car. We're not trying to fool anybody. We're doing it entirely. in the We, in our headspace, it's exactly the same as if we put our logo on the back. Yeah. yeah. So it's just for camera. Because the other reason we actually enacted it was because we were often borrowing private owners' cars. And some private owners are concerned about their license plate being out there. I don't think it's a big deal, but some of them Even are. Even though it's illegal it's whatever. anyway to go look up an owner that way. But we just wanted to add that extra level of anonymity and to brand the show. So that's why we do it. We've never been bothered for it. We've... <laughs> unfortunately had multiple times when we forget to take license plates off of cars and because the, the real one is always yeah. tucked in the car it's always easily accessible <laughs> underneath the, the the floor mat of the passenger seat where we put them okay you're hearing behind the scenes stuff now totally the, the number of times we have left a shoot and driven across la and still had the fake license plates on <laughs> i can't even Not count good. how many times that's happened yeah we've had owners who've accidentally driven home with the license plate still on their car we call them like uh, you know your car is actually not wearing your license plate right now <laughs> luckily because they look real enough nobody's ever bothered us but like i say if they were going to bother us it wouldn't be for the plate yeah and i think you know what i should put my name and phone number on the back of the plate just in case i get no no nope i shouldn't no, no. yeah no like that'll putting, never happen it's like putting your address on your house keys don't do that <laughs> exactly yeah exactly right excellent question but uh yeah thank you guys for noticing it just brands the show it's just consistency so all right what else uh why are new cars so expensive mark b is also asking why can we only buy them at dealerships? Wow, it's the cost of materials and the cost of the labor to torture the material into the shape of that car. That's mostly That's what, what products yeah. are, yeah. is what you're paying factories and people to smash and mm -hmm. you know torture mm -hmm. the plastics injection molding or the glass or whatever that is. Sure, sure. And by virtue of the production process and the kinds of materials used and where it was made, that definitely affects the price of the car. That's and, a good thought. Uh, a good thought. I mean, you could argue that cars are really just a 
quote unquote vehicle for paying for the health insurance for the people who build them. <laughs> That's all they're paying good for. For the union workers. I take that point. Well, yeah. I see your point. Anyway, so yeah, I mean and then it's just been uh it's one of those things. Over time, the way cars just decided to get sold and it was it's based on long history dealerships are. Well, it's but, just the long history of the, the automobile. But, but here's industry. the other thing. Uh Car dealers are the same thing, follow the same logic as movie theaters, and follow me for a second. Both of the origin of both of these comes from antitrust laws. Okay. A Universal Studios can't show their movie in the Universal Studios theater chain. There is no such thing. They show it at AMC and whatever so that the, mm. so that the p- supply chain isn't just them all the way to you. Car dealers are the exact same thing. GM is Just not a great idea. GM is not allowed to sell you at the GM store a GM car. The attempt was for antitrust laws. There had to be a layer in between, and that was the dealership. Now you can argue. <laughs> Hi Saturn. <laughs> you can argue one way or the other. Is that does that add another layer that's just corrupt in its own way? Maybe. Okay. There's all kinds of issues with movie theaters not being a direct connection to the studio. There's problems with money not going back. I mean, but it's the same. It's the same structure in both, and it's created from the antitrust laws. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is the reason why dealers are raging against Tesla selling directly Yeah, because GM isn't allowed to go. And I'm not saying which is right or wrong here. I'm just saying this is the core of it. GM is not allowed to go set up the General Motors dealer that is directly peopled by people that work for General Motors. You have to buy it from so-and-so and and their GM dealership. Mm -hmm. Sure. So the dealers and the actual car makers that have never been able to direct sell, that's why they are raging against Tesla. You could argue that there's other reasons, but this is the core of it because they're saying, why can Tesla get get around the antitrust law and we can't just open the dealer? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't realize uh, movie theaters and the same exact production thing. houses were kind of the same thing. Otherwise, you'd be at the Warner Brothers Theater, and you aren't. Yeah. You're at AMC or wherever, you know? And now, I mean, with the proliferation of on-demand content... It's becoming direct buy. I mean, Disney is going to have their own app for all Disney, Disney and Star Wars content. Disney is going to have the Netflix competitor that's going to be directly Disney. But it's see, CBS, that. CBS has avoided a lo- licensing a lot of their stuff to Netflix or Hulu because they have CBS All Access. That is their personal thing. They started three or four years ago. And everybody thought they were insane when the, the – I think it was Les Moonves, the leader of CBS, mm-hmm. did that. Everybody thought he was insane to go off on his own. And now everybody else is scrambling to create their own because they've watched the cash cow that it is. Yeah. And Disney's going to do it, and they're going to do it huge. But it's the same thing. This is working around it because of modern time. The the antitrust thing doesn't relate because we can sell our content directly. How does this affect cars? On one level, we're all going, yeah, it's cool that Tesla can sell directly in an, an Apple store-looking place. And I actually agree with that. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of that is GM should be able to as well. Hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, a few of you have asked about the new Expedition it is a house on wheels. Oh, uh, Cedric G. And actually, Jose P. is asking about what I'm going to do to it. But Cedric asks me, am I ready for the spark plugs to fly out of my 5.4 expedition? <laughs> I'm not sure what you mean by that, Cedric. <laughs> do you mean there's a problem that I should be aware of that I need to do? Or should I change the spark plugs? I'm not exactly quite sure what you mean by that. But uh, yeah, there's there's a few things I'd like to do. It's 2012 with 112,000 miles on it. But mm-hmm. I'd like to refresh it with... You know the the stock look, but it's got upgraded parts like the Bilsteins and the you mm-hmm. know discs and that kind of thing. And 
We'll get there. It's, we road tripped this weekend in it. Yeah, we did. We, we went skiing. skiing in it, and it was amazing. We had lots of people and lots of gear. It worked, didn't it? And and it was the only car I've ever been in where my son spoke to you from the back seat. You could not hear him. <laughs> I couldn't. He was in the third row, and he would say something. You'd be like, I don't know. I've got no idea. <laughs> and my son is loud. He has vo- volume <laughs> control is a real serious issue. So for him to not be heard at the other end of the car, this car is immense. I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just you know noting that. But it was the only time I've ever had that experience. Yeah. Ever. Granted, I drive around in a Lotus so you can hear everything. That's but true. that's a side note. Yeah. All right. What have you got? Uh, Chris wrote in on Facebook and said, when you perform maintenance yourself on your car, what do you do for records if you want to have a consistent chain of records of maintenance for the next seller? It's just receipts. You need an oil yep. change, and here's the receipt from I bought oil that, that day. Here's the receipt from I bought a filter. Here's the receipt from here's the air filter. That's the way you keep track. I mean, I have a separate little, I use a a little app that I'm able to keep like digital records, but it's all backed by receipts. And there's really, I mean, somebody could argue with that, I suppose, versus the dealer records, but there it is. Uh, Look, this is the day I changed the oil. I bought oil. Done. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Well, there's a question over here from Sound312 on Instagram. He's saying, track daily or winter beater because I don't want to crush any, and driving in the snow is fun. <laughs> okay. So the uh, the usual suspects, Mustang 350R, BMW M2, or 996 GT3. Hmm. Track uh, daily and winter beater. I'm gonna I'm gonna track the I'm gonna track the Mustang 350R. I'm going to daily the M2, and I'm going to winter beater the GT3. The rear-wheel drive GT3 for winter beater. Really? Interesting. I am. I am. That sounds like a boatload of fun. Interesting. Okay. All right. (laughs) I I think I daily the GT350. I think I winter beater the M2. Oh, really? Okay. And I think I track the GT3. I mean, any of these cars would work on the track. They'd be brilliant on track. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's pretty funny. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, this one, this one has a whole story. Dietz Jordan on Instagram wrote in and asked a question very early on Instagram questions tonight. And then it blew up. He says, I'm six foot one, 300 pounds. And I really, really want a Fiesta ST. <laughs> yeah. What There's do a lot I of do? Back and forth here. What do, yeah, what do I do to approach a dealer? Let me borrow one for more than 15 minutes. See if I'm comfortable in it. Uh, that's a, that's a tough question, but here's the thing. It goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth on Instagram. And it lands with our friend. Shane okay. in D.C. who has one and loves it. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't quite as big, but is still over six feet tall and over 200 pounds. And he said, if you ever get to D.C., you can drive mine. Here's what I love about this, besides the fact <laughs> that Shane's a good friend of the show. Here's what I love about this. This has taken on a life of its own. You posted for questions. Yeah. D.S. Jordan posted this question. And now without you or I saying a word, we may get him some seat time in this car. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. And that's due to the community. I mean, for sure. Shane, of course. That's you guys. It's the community rallying sure. around, you know, questions like this. For and sure. I'm noticing on Facebook, people will now answer others because mm-hmm. some people have listened to the podcast longer than others and they yeah. know what we would say or they know, knew our answer yeah. from a prior podcast and they'll just chime in with answers. I mean, it's the community. It's amazing. And, and that relates to somebody else's question. I don't have that person's name in front of me and I apologize, but somebody asked the question, have we ever thought about building our own kind of everyday driver community social network? The last thing. The, honestly, the last thing I have time, brain power, or money to accomplish is set that up. But but what I do love coming off of that is Instagram, Facebook, you guys want to interact with each other underneath our banner. We love that. That's great. Absolutely. And that's happening here. So please feel free to engage back and forth. Some people are a- answering the daily track crush 
stuff, which is great. So we encourage you to do that on any of those. By the way, if you don't follow us on Instagram, there's some cool photos on there. I'm, yeah, there are. And I'm, there I'm starting are. to enjoy Instagram more, too. Yeah, that's I'm, just it's a fun I'm way to interact. I'm posting so, and just yeah, kind of thinking, yeah, yeah. all right, what would get likes, of course, but what would be interesting from the collection of photos that I've got on the phone? What would be interesting to share? But I also find that that's the, the greatest thing I like about Instagram is because of those moments, and I'm a visual guy anyway. Because of those moments, I'm trying to be better with, about this. When you just go, huh, that's interesting. You just see that thing, whatever it is. It's that it, I just see whatever it is, car related or just life related. And I just think, huh. That's an interesting moment, and I'll take a photo of it because I can share it on Instagram. Like the last week or so, I did uh, – my son and I went skiing, Yeah, and we took the Mini. Yeah, cool. And it's just funny to me. I got all the gear piled in the back of the Mini, and I was like, that's kind of absurd. And because <laughs> of the huge moon-shaped, you know, moon-sized gauge there, you know yeah. instantly what kind of car it is. You don't see anything else. So like, that deserves a photo. So if you aren't with us on Instagram, we'd love to have you. Ian Dara has a great question on here about car designs. Okay. He said, what car designs do you like the most – that people don't care for. So his example is he likes the E65 series. So I believe that's the Chris Bangle flame surfacing era. And uh, he says most people like the M5. Well, he likes the M5, of course, but most people don't share that opinion. (laughs) This is the great thing about art and design and product design. There's so many different designs that appeal to some people and don't appeal to others. And that is the risk that a good designer will take. I mean, Chris Bangle was an excellent designer. Yeah. He is now kind of living in his Italian villa and designing his own thing. It was this kind of robo taxi thing that showed up at the LA <laughs> Auto Show with a weird take on things, but he's a great designer. He has his reasons. Yeah. He's doing consulting work now, but when he was with BMW, he came up with this concept of flame surfacing, yeah. and that means the way the highlights danced across the bends in the sheet metal. So kind of looking like a lick of flame. And that's what good designers do. You design with highlights and shadows. Mm-hmm. And the upturned surfaces will catch light and catch your eye in a certain way. Yeah. I don't think some cars were as successful as he intended them to be. But that was an era. And if you like it, great. They look good to you. Well, but That's awesome. You know what? I mean, this relates. They looked good to Chris, and he was an excellent designer. This relates all the way back to people. I mean, we've all had that experience where you have a friend. And then you meet their spouse or their the person that they love or whatever, and you just go, oh, oh, no. Oh, oh, no. You don't say it, of course, but you just think, oh, no. And they could not be more in rapture with that person. They think they are spectacularly yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Which is awesome. Thank God that occurs. Yeah. You know? Agreed. But, but it's hysterical to me whenever you, you meet somebody and you just realize that's a person I don't find attractive at all, and the person over there finds them just unbelievable. Yeah. You know, thank God my wife finds me attractive because there's other people like, what happened to that guy? So yeah, this I is life. I would have said something. No, I wouldn't. This is life. So anyway, uh, <laughs> speaking of BMW, actually, uh, B. B. Rape wrote in. I butchered that. But then he wrote in on Instagram and he said, if you had a budget of 20K, I like this, had a budget mm. of 20K of your own money and you never had a BMW, where would you start? Oh, good one. And I rattled around in my brain for a while and I... I did for a minute think that E46 might be the play. E46 M3 might be the play. You could do that for 20 grand. But you know what I think is better? 335IS, the E92 335IS. That is better. You can get them for better. 20 grand. More modern chassis too. Yeah, that's an impressive car. It's it's the it's the M3 alternative of that generation. Watch our review of it. 
They look great for that era. I love the wheels on it. The wheels are exclusive to that car. It's not the reason to buy it, but follow along. Uh, it's got <laughs> far more torque than the equivalent M3 of that era, and they d- did not hold their value. 335 IS, that's my answer. Mm. Andy Lamb, 85, on Twitter, sent us a photo of a Maserati Quattroporte with a license plate that said QP530HP. Yeah, I find that snobby, too. I, you know, anytime you rebrand your car, I'm finding that more and more, as a matter of fact. I like custom license tags that kind of say something about the owner or say, you know, something about the car that's fun yeah. and, yeah. Uh, you know, being really creative. It's actually hard to be creative and fit the car is, and the yeah. personality and then tie it to you and your own proclivities and mm-hmm. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. It's harder, actually, to do that. And when you come up with something good, I actually like that better. If you're... And- if your car has yeah. badging anywhere near a license plate and your license plate proceeds to say anything similar to what the badging already says, you're wasting your time. If you would like to take off here, – here, here's, here's my throwdown. Yeah. If you want to take off every badge on your car and then put the name of the car on the license plate, I'm actually okay with it. If but it's if, missing everywhere else. If, if you took yeah. all the badges off yeah. and you want to put – there it says it. That, that's okay. But if it says it on the tailgate and then it says it on the license plate, what are you doing? Really? So this owner, you realize, has now renamed his car and the specs because the car is itself named after its architecture. It's the mm-hmm. four-door. It's the four-door. The and Maserati now four-door. With 530 horsepower. So you're really just, that's it? That's he's, the length of your creativity? Yep. He's, he's driving okay. the, the spec sheet. He's just putting it out there for you. I still really want GM or Chevy to, to release the General Motors. I don't even want it to be Chevrolet. I want it to be the General Motors four-door. <laughs> and it, it works for General Motors even yeah. better. Anyway, that's awesome. All right, uh, any other questions you had on here? I think that pretty much covers it for me for now. I mean, Ooh. there's tons more. Don't get me wrong, but I think that covers it for okay, now. Okay, one last TDC before we go. Remington G21 on Instagram is asking. Here we go. Lotus Exige Cup 240. Ooh. Dodge Demon. Mm-hmm. Honda S2000. And he says a drag strip is technically a track too. You're right. Ooh. Exige Cup 240, Dodge Demon, or Honda S2K. Yikes. Track Daily Crush. What should we do? <laughs> this is actually kind of hard. That's very hard. But actually, I think I have an answer. Okay, go. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is not an easy answer, but here's my answer. I'm tracking the Exige. Yeah. Because that's glorious. Yeah. Because it overlaps, I'm crushing the S2000. And I'm going to daily the demon because it's just absurd. Because it's a demon. Because it's just absurd. Because when it's going slow and getting, you know, at least it double digits of miles per gallon, it's still going to be a big, comfortable car because those cars are. That's true. That's true. And then every that's now and one. then you can just melt the tires because that's what it does. I don't know that I'd change anything because I think of all those, yeah, I'd kind of like to be in the demon on a daily basis. That'd be kind of fun. And... The Exige beats the Honda S2000 on the track. And I'm just, I'm also imagining which car do you want to sit still in? Let's be honest. Sit still in traffic. If you're going to daily a car and you wind up in traffic, I don't want to be in the Exige. And I love it, but I don't want to be in the Exige. I don't really want to be in the S2000 either. I was thinking about doing that for the sake of polarity, but no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to daily an Exige. No thanks. (laughs) (laughs) If one of us was going to, it would not be you either. It would be me. I thought, no, that's not fitting. We've invented the new equivalent the car equivalent of rock paper scissors it's tdc <laughs> we didn't invent it but yeah. oh we didn't invent it it yeah. was suggested i i don't even know who suggested originally it's it's been out there for a while it's pretty it fun i love that it's going on though and thank you guys for listening we really appreciate it 
Looking forward to hearing your reaction for the uh, the next Velocity show coming up on Saturday. But we've got another podcast before then, and we will see you then. Cheers, everyone. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.